real quick. Everybody look at his shirt. Isn't that a good color? Look at that. Andy, you look great this morning. Oh, I'm wearing the same color. How about that? Yeah, you're my inspiration, man. You're my muse. <laughs> so good to see everybody. And, and uh, listen, it's Memorial Day weekend, and actually this message that I'm bringing to you is really kind of incorporating the elements of Memorial Day. Now, there's two holidays in the United States that we celebrate that honor veterans. And Veterans Day is the day we celebrate all those who have served. And that's coming up here in a few months. But Memorial Day is when we remember those that have given the ultimate sacrifice for our lives. Uh, This is the day we honor those that have sacrificed everything. And there's a saying that it's a popular saying in our culture is that some gave all, but uh, excuse me, all gave some, but some gave all. And there are those that literally, literally physically gave up their lives so that you and I could be here free today. And uh, we want to take time over the next couple of days, and I want to encourage you to do this, especially those of you that have kids and maybe teenagers around, maybe people that don't really recognize, hey, it's just a day off work. But no, somebody paid for that day. And so we want to take time this weekend to talk to your kids about what it means and talk to them about sacrifice. As Christians, we intrinsically understand it. We do, because people have... You know, we know that Jesus gave up his life so that we could be free. Well, as Americans, we understand that men and women over the hundred, couple hundred years of our culture have, have given up their lives so that we could be free. I finished a book yesterday uh, that was talking about a bomber group in World War II that served in the South Pacific, and one out of three air crews did not come home. They walked into their training, and they literally said to these young men that had come over from the United States, they said, look to your left and look to your right. One of the three of you guys won't be coming home. And that was really what happened. And yet, day in and day out, they went out and served and gave their lives so that we could be free. And I want to tell you something. We owe them something. We owe them something. Freedom is not free. Freedom is not free. And so as we talk today, the the title of the message is, What Did You Do With What I Gave You? What did you do with what I gave you? Last week, I was so honored, and you guys, I know we're honored to have Darren Poe here. Darren is an incredible guy, and he actually preached the same passage that I'm going to share today, but I'm coming at it from a different perspective. And I preached this message last week, but I rewrote it for you. So this actually has been preached three times in the last week with three completely different approaches. And this, this message is for some of you guys today. I know first service, God really spoke to some people, and I'm believing he's going to do that now. And, and here it is. This is Jesus talking to these people, and he said, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do? Let's look at the scripture, Matthew 25, verses 14 through 28. And here, let me give you some context. Jesus gives three parables here about when he comes back. He's talking about there's going to come a point where I'm going to come back to earth and I'm going to take over and there's going to be an accounting. And in that accounting, each one of us, every Christian, is going to stand before the Lord. Now, listen, we're talking about Christians. We're not talking about non-believers. Say, what did you do with the life that I gave you? How did you invest your life? And so when he's talking about, when you read this, I want you to understand that's the context that we're looking at. Again, while a man, was going on, a man was going on a journey, and he called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, 
Now notice this, each according to his ability. Now let me explain something to you here. Jesus, no, he's very, do y'all think that Jesus just says stuff? I don't. I mean, he says stuff for a reason. And he could have not said each according to his ability, but I think there's something important about this, Autumn. There's something here. God gives each one of us things to do according to our ability to do them. So one guy had the capacity for five bags of gold. The other had capacity for two, and one had the capacity for one. But notice something. There is no difference in expectation based on what God had given them. Let me tell you why that's important. Some people look at other people and say, oh, I wish I could do what they could do. I wish I was as good looking as pastor. Oh, I wish I was, you know, fill in the blank. Why are y'all laughing? That's not funny. Come on, Scott, that's for real. No, but you know what I'm saying? We, we tend to look at other people and say, well, if I was as talented as them, or if I could whatever, and we, what we do is we give ourselves excuses. But Jesus takes all that away because what he said is, I give to each person talents, gifts, investment according to their ability to invest it. So if God has asked you to do something, I'm going to bottom line it for you. If God has asked you to do something, he's given you the, the ability or the capacity to do it. Why is that important? There are no excuses. There are no excuses. Each one of us, your life is a gift. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a gift. You're a gift. You are. Look at your other neighbor and say, even you are a gift. Come on. It's true. And so God has given us you. And, and then he's entrusted in you gifts and abilities and talents. And the Bible talks about all these different gifts that are distributed to each of us. And, and God, though he gives us those things, he expects us to do something with them. And so when you stand before the Lord, you're not going to be held accountable for what your neighbor did. You're only going to be accountable for what you did or did not do based on what you have. And that's important to understand right up front because Jesus makes that clear. He gave to each one according to his or her ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once, notice that, went out at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. He doubled his investment. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the one who had received one bag of of gold went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, because see, none of us know when he's coming back. None of us know when that day of judgment for us is going to be. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five and said, Master, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. I've doubled it. Here's five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in my happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came and said, master, you entrusted me with two bags and I've doubled your investment, two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out, and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. He gave him back 
what he had been given. His master replied, that's no problem. Don't worry about it at all. That's no big deal. Is that what he said? You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money at least at the bank so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. Wow. That is so powerful. That is so, so powerful. And notice that Jesus is not talking to unbelievers. He's talking to Christians. And so the expectation for you and I is exactly the same. And I can see Jesus, and this is the, let, me, let me just sum this up for you. There's two big questions, in my opinion. Two big questions. The first one is, do you know Jesus? Are you saved? More importantly, does he know you? That's the first question. If you check that box, awesome. But this is the second question. Now that you've received that salvation, now that you've received that gift of freedom, what have you done with your freedom? What did you do with what I gave you? Guys, this is huge. This is huge. And, and today I want you to understand something. There's, I, I know whenever truth comes, here's what, here's what happens when truth comes. Conviction comes with it. Because the Holy Spirit does that. He comes in and he gets our attention. And, and little things, he kind of pricks our heart a little bit. And there's things that I'm going to say to you today that the Lord wants you to hear. And it's not out of condemnation. Please understand that. Ronnie, understand that. This isn't about condemnation. This is about the Lord saying, hey, I'm coming back. What are you doing with what I gave you? Now, here's one thing I love about Jesus, and you can see this all through Scripture. Do you notice whenever he forgives somebody for the stuff they've done, and usually it's really pretty bad, he never condemns them one time? I told you guys a few weeks ago, I have friends in my life, many of them in this room, that remember all the dumb stuff I've done and bring it up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Jesus doesn't do that. You know what the Bible says, Wes? Here's what he says, Lana. He says, I will throw your sins as far as the east is from the west, and I will choose to remember them no more. All the dumb stuff you've ever done, all the sin all the rebellion, everything you've ever done, he chooses to remember it no more. Is that good news? Some of you, is that good news to you? How many of you have ever done anything dumb? This morning, come on, somebody, let's get, just get real. Yeah, he, and he, when we come back to him and we say to him, Danny, we say, Lord, I am sorry for what I've done. Forgive me for what I've done. He chooses to remember it no more. And here's the other cool part. He never brings it up. He never goes, well, you remember that time. He doesn't do that. Scott, that's awesome. That's the gospel. And so, since we have that promise... When you hear these words today that are going to go over through your spirit and the Lord's going to speak to you, I want you to understand something. There's not any condemnation tied to this. This is simply just an opportunity for you to go, you know what? It's time for me to step up. 
It's time for me to make some changes that I need to make. Here's the big thought. Don't think that God does not expect you to do something with your life. There will be an accounting for how you have spent and invested your life. There's going to be an account of that. So how do we live then in such a way that when Jesus says, what did you do with what I gave you? You can go, let me show you. Let me show you. That's what I want to talk about. I've got four points today, and we're just going to cover these briefly. Look at number one. How do I live my life? Here's what you need to understand. Number one, you are a steward and not an owner. Everybody say steward. Steward. Let me explain to you what a steward is. A a steward is someone that manages the assets of someone else. There's an owner who owns everything, but then there's a steward or a manager, and their job is to manage what the owner has, okay? Uh, Look at Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So who's the owner? God, good answer. Good answer. God owns everything. So he is the owner. Now, here's the deal. Some of you may be self-employed. You may think that you're your own boss. You are not your own boss, okay? You work. Andrea, you work for somebody. Come on, all right? Everybody has a boss, whether you think you do or not, okay? And ultimately, the boss that you have is who? God. Paul talks about that. He said, when you work for people, work as unto the Lord. Now, I want to ask you a question real quick. Imagine if every day you went to work and Jesus met you at the door. Do you think you would work a little bit differently? Do you? Come on, let's get honest. If I walked in and Jesus said, hey, Chris, how you doing? I'm doing good, Jesus. Anything you need some coffee? You know, I mean, or, you know, I, I would come up with something. I would probably say that, actually. <laughs> I probably would. But, you know, imagine if you did what Paul is saying is that's literally how you should work. That's literally how you should work. When you go to work, you need to realize you're working as unto the Lord. He is ultimately your boss. And you need to work that way. So you need to realize that you're a steward and not an owner. Let me explain to you where this concept started. At the beginning of the year, we began reading in Genesis. Remember Adam and Eve had a job in the garden? What was their job? Anybody remember? Tend the garden. They were stewards of the garden. We are stewards of this building. We are stewards of this community. We are stewards of the earth. We are stewards. Let me newsflash right here. You are stewards of your family. Can I tell you something? Your kids don't belong to you. Some of you are like, praise God. I knew they weren't mine. I knew there was something to that. (laughs) But they're not. Here's what's happened. Your kids, the Bible says kids are a gift from the Lord. God has given you those kids, and you are a steward of them. They belong to him. That ought to change your perspective a little bit. How are you treating God's kids that he's put you in charge of? Wow, that impacted me, first service. (laughs) Because I think, you know, Miles is standing back there. I think of Kennedy and Taylor. I'm still mad at Austin for what he did to me a couple weeks ago. But, you know, we are stewards of their lives. And I'm going to stand, Trish and I will stand accountable for how we raised God's kids. You're a steward of everything he's given you. How are you treating 
what he's given you. So the first thing we need to do is recognize that we are a steward and not an owner, okay? Number two, we need to recognize that if we're going to live my life in a way of stewardship, that we have to give ourselves or myself to God. You have to give yourself to God. You go, Pastor, why do you talk about this all the time? Because this is the thing. Once y'all all figure it out, I'll talk about something else, okay? Because here's the deal. When you, when you walk and realize that you are a steward, not only of your family, that your life is a gift, and you're a steward of how you live your life, that'll change your perspective. And that's really what I want you to do. How am I spending my time? How am I spending my money? How am I investing myself? Am I serving at church? Am I serving in the community? What am I doing? Guys, listen, you got to have a job. Do your job as under the Lord. What are you doing with the rest of your time? How are you stewarding it? Now, listen, I want to I clear something up. God is all cool with you having a good time. There's a reason he created the Sabbath. You know, the Sabbath was created so that we could rest and relax and have fun. That's really the truth. God created that because he wants us to enjoy the earth. He wants us to enjoy what he's given us. God likes for us to have a good time. So that is awesome. How many are you glad for that? One person. I'm so glad that you're thankful. Jesus appreciates that. The rest of you, I don't know. I'll get back to you. No, but, but think about that. God loves us so much. He created this awesome place, and he asked us to steward it. And then he said, hey, I want you to spend time enjoying it. That's cool. But what are you doing with the rest of your time? You need to make some time to seed into God's kingdom. Guys, some of you need to be, work, think about this. What if I said, I need you to work three hours a month in teaching a kid's class? Does that sound like a whole lot? Some of you don't like kids. You're like, that sounds terrible. That's the worst thing ever. No, but you know what? That's not a whole lot of time. But just think about a little bit and think about the difference maybe you could make serving a little bit. Just think about it. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. If you had any questions about whose you are, this will answer it. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies, with yourself. You are not your own. You know, um, years ago, I remember when the movie Saving Private Ryan came out. Have any of you seen that movie? One of the most realistic combat movies, if not the most realistic ever made. There's only two times I can remember in my entire life going to a movie theater where when you got done, nobody moved. You could hear people crying. That movie and The Passion of the Christ was the other one. And I think there was a realization for some people that it was probably the closest they would ever come to combat or see, and it maybe was a revelation to them. But if you remember at the end of the movie, the, the theme of the movie was there was a young man whose brothers had died in combat, and he was the last surviving son. And so this squad of soldiers went behind enemy lines to bring him back because he was the last one alive in his family, last son. And along the way, most of the soldiers in this squad ended up giving their lives to save this one. Well, at the end of the movie, the captain, who was Tom Hanks, had, was shot and he was dying. And the soldier that they had rescued was trying to pull him back. 
And Tom Hanks' character was trying to say something to him. And so the young man leaned down and looked into his face. And these were the words that Tom Hanks said in his last breath. Earn it. Earn it. See, I think in our culture as Christians, in our culture as Americans, we don't earn it. We take advantage of the sacrifice that others have made. And can you imagine if you were the parent of a son or a daughter who had given their life for our freedoms and then you look around and see what we're doing? Would you think that was worth it? Would you? How much more does Jesus look at us and say, earn it? Not salvation. Do something with your life. Paul says it this way, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Don't go back into slavery. Walk in the freedom that you've been given. And and here's the deal, and I want you to hear this, okay? Now I'm going to get to meddling, okay? We are not given freedom just to do whatever we want. We're given freedom to do the right thing. There are literally people right now around this world who are dying and who have no freedom. They wake up when they're told to. They have a job they're told to do. They literally can't choose to do anything. We live in the greatest country in the world, and we have this freedom because others have gone before us. And we need to earn that. We need to earn that. And we need to earn what Jesus has done for us and live our lives in such a way that we give ourselves to him and say, Lord, if you can use me, here I am. Do something with me. Do something with me. Why? Because you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Amen? And can I tell you something? For Memorial Day, that's really what it's about. That's really what it's about. We need to honor those that have gone before us by living in such a way that we honor their memory. And how much more so for Jesus. Let's go down to point number three. When we're living a life of stewardship, we need to view everything through the lens of eternity. View everything through the lens of eternity. Now, let me ask you, there's some really smart people in this room. How long is eternity, somebody? Really long time, forever, okay? That's right. So imagine, if you can, in your mind, a line that goes that way forever and a line that goes this way forever. That's eternity. It never stops. Your life is like this big right in the middle of that line somewhere. Do you realize, Miss Anita, do you realize this, that what you do right here determines what what eternity is like for you? How we live here determines all of that. That's the truth. The scripture tells us that we're here just for a moment, just with a, for, as a breath, and then we pass away. And so God has given us this option right now to do something with where we are right now. And if we will be mindful of that, we will live differently. We will live differently. And we should. Look at the scripture, Hebrews 11, chapter 25, 
uh, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25 through 26. Moses chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Why? Because he was looking ahead to his reward. He was living his life in view of eternity. He was thinking about how to invest his life now because right now is really short. So how can I take right now and pour it in so that it matters to everybody else, that it matters to the kingdom of God? And I'm going to hit point number four. You guys are probably going to get out of here early today. And somebody said, you were too excited. We're staying the whole time. No. Here's the last thing you need to do to live a life of stewardship. Okay, you ready for this? Be intentional. That word intentional, when I say be intentional, what I mean here is live on purpose. Live on purpose. A cute little saying that goes something like this. It's you were created for a purpose with a purpose. And, and we see here when Jesus uses this parable of the talents, that's what he's talking about. He's giving to each one of us, according to our ability, things to do. So the question is, we need to do something about it. Remember, there's no condemnation. And my hope here when I pray for you guys in a few minutes is that some of you go, you know what? I'm going to shake myself a little bit. And I'm going to get back on track. You say, Pastor, is it that simple? It's about making a decision. It is. It's about saying, Lord, here I am. Use me. I remember vividly when I was in college, I was in ROTC in the National Guard, and I remember going up there and raising my right hand and repeating the words, and there was a contract that we signed, and it said, up to and including my life. Up to and including my life. That's a big deal. That's what God requires of you. See, we don't play church. The religion's not the thing. It's about giving our lives in such a way that we find life. Jesus said, you will not, unless you lose your life, you're not going to find it. And he said, you got to let go of this one to be able to grasp the real thing. You can't hold on to both of them. You have to let go. And for, and for some of you, at where you are in the stage of your life, you need to let go. You need to let go of some of these things back here. And you need to go to God and say, Lord, here I am. Now, can I ask you something? Does that make you nervous? That scares me. Because what I'm saying is, Lord, I'm going to give up what I perceive as control and allow you to lead my life and do what you want to with it. But Jesus said, if you do that, you'll find life, a life worth living. Isn't that cool? I'm going to bring somebody up real quick. Crystal, why don't you and Kara come up? I'm going to give you guys an opportunity. I think this is so cool. Kara is going to be a senior. She has one more year of school. But she is 
about to take a mission trip this summer, and she's taking very seriously this message. And I'm going to let her talk to you for a second about what she's doing, and then I'm going to give you an opportunity to get involved in it. Go right ahead. All right, so this summer, next month on June 28th, I'll be leaving to go to Costa Rica for four weeks. And there I'll be doing ministry to um, children and just doing outreach to the people who live in the community. And whenever you think of Costa Rica, you sort of think of, like, the touristy areas and, like, oh, it's so beautiful. But outside of all of that, there's, like, these large pockets of poverty of people who just really need to be reminded of just Jesus' love for them. And while I'm there, I'll be with a team of about, like, eight people, and we'll be doing outreach and just ministering to them, and we'll be doing farm work and just truly giving all that we have. And for me, this is more than just um, a one-time thing, just more than just one summer of my life. It's really just like a call from God for how I'm going to spend the rest of my life. And it's just a taste of just what I really feel like he's calling me to do and just be in ministry and everything. And I just want to say, like, I'm just so thankful for my church family. And I just am truly blessed by everybody here and just for your time to listen to me and just how wonderful you are. Like, I can't even imagine where I would be right now if it wasn't for this church, like, I don't know, but so I'm just so thankful for this opportunity that God has given me, guys. Just so thank you so much. Isn't that awesome? So, so Kara's going to go down to Costa Rica, and she's given a month. Now, here's what she's done that you don't know about, is that she's been working a job, and 70% of the income of the job she's been working while she is in school was to save up to go on this mission trip. So she's taking her college money to go on a mission trip. So I think we need to meet her there. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to give, to bless her, because I think we should help pay for this trip, if not pay for the whole thing, right? Because she's taking this for real. She's doing this, and so I think, now here's the thing. She's feeling called into missions, and that's amazing. You are too. You have a mission field all around you, and it's the same call that she has and the same call that, that we have as a family is that we are called to be on mission all the time. We just may not be full-time missionaries as jobs. Our mission is where we are, right? Right? So if the guys will come forward, we have some guys in here that can take up an offering. I need you all to come up and help me. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to give. And I already gave first service this opportunity. We're going to give today. And I'm believing we're going to get her trip covered. And uh, this is a way that we can help somebody else accomplish for us. So let's pray. Father, I thank you. Lord, for Kara, and I just pray, Father, that you would bless her as she prepares to leave here in the next month. Lord, we send our love with her. And Father, I pray that you would touch lives through her. Lord, and we're going to bless her today. I thank you for what you're doing in her life and the example that she is to us and so many of us. I just pray, Father, you bless her in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Let's give her a big hand.
I want to, as you guys are giving, I'm going to close. And she is um, such a great representative, I think, of the hearts of our kids and youth and, and while we're doing what we're doing. But I want you to know, guys, it is so big on the inside of me that we are all missionaries. That's what Jesus has called us to. We are all missionaries. I have a big thought for you today. And here's what it is. The reason that you and I can live such an amazing life is because Jesus paid such a high price. Because of the great sacrifice and the price that he paid, you need to live your life to the fullest and, listen to this, do all the good you can for as long as you can to as many people as you can for him. I'm going to repeat that. You need to do all the good that you can for as long as you can to as many people as you can for him. And that's here. And so for those of you today that have been challenged by this message, I want you to ask yourself that question. Am I all in for Jesus? And there's no condemnation. If you come back and you say, you know what? There's some areas in my life I really haven't surrendered. There's some things I could do more. Then do it. Guys, you only get one chance. We only get one shot. Let's make our life count. Let's not live our lives in such a way that we look back with a lot of regret. And some of you know what I'm talking about. I wish I would have. Let's not do that. Let's go, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. Let's invest our lives for eternity. Let's invest our lives into our community. But, but here's where it starts. It starts with your family. Your greatest mission field, your greatest ministry is your family. I've, I keep saying it because, and I hopefully I may just say it the rest of my life. If you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Mother Teresa said that. She's right. My first ministry is to her, Miles, and the kids. They're my first ministry. You guys are my second ministry, right? When you go home, your first ministry is these people that are around you. Your second ministry is when you go to work, school. If you're retired, you're still in the kingdom of God. Guess what? There's no retirement in the kingdom of heaven, guys. There isn't. We'll rest when we go home, right? That's how that goes. So let's be those people. Amen? I want you to know something. You are loved. Trisha and I love you guys so much, and we pray for you. We're so thankful for you guys. We're so thankful that we get to be your pastors. We do not take that for granted. I know. When I come here, I know I'm a steward. I know that. I know I've just got you for however long God's got me to have you, and I just want to love you while I got you. But I want you to be the people that God's called you to be and walk in the fullness of what, you, what he's called you to. Amen? So here's what we're going to do, and I'm going to close. Kara's going to be at the back. I want you to, as she walks out today, you guys give her a hug, and she, she won't be leaving for a few weeks, so you may just get to hug her all month. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. We're really proud of her. But... Um, Thank you guys for giving. Here's what I want you to think about, and then I'm going to pray. 
If you recognize today that you're not living your life to the fullest like Jesus wants you to, maybe you're not being the steward that you know you need to be, now's the opportunity just to get that right. There's no condemnation. This isn't about condemnation. This is about recognition. And then you say, you know what? God, here I am. Use me. Use me. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these amazing people. And Lord, I ask you in these final moments that we have together today that you would just uh, let your love and your mercy sweep over them. That Father, Holy Spirit, I ask you that I know part of your role in our lives is to convict us. And that word convict us is not condemnation. That word convict means to convince us, to show us the truth. And Lord, I just pray that right now as we're here that we would be honest with ourselves and honest with you. Lord, life is too short to play church. We only get one chance, one shot. Help us to live our lives, Lord, all in. To surrender our lives to you in such a way and allow you to work through us and in us. Lord, that we would enjoy our lives, yes, but that we would also live our lives in such a way that we recognize that we need to earn it. That we need to live a life that's worth living. So in the holiness of this moment, Lord, I just pray that you would draw us to you. If you're here today and you want to give your Lord everything, you want to go all in with him, Maybe you've been holding back. You've been trying to hold on to two worlds. It's time to let one go and go all in with Jesus. The greatest gift you can give him is you. you say, Pastor, I don't know about my capacity. I'm not as talented. I'm not as... That's not what's important. What's important is that you give him who you are. He knows. He knows. Lord Jesus, right now, if, they, if that's you today, if you want to just surrender and go all in with God, I just want us to all pray this together. And just repeat after me. If that's where you are today, God knows your heart. If that's where you are today, then just pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus. You know everything about me. Lord, I've been holding on to some things. And I'm ready to let go. Forgive me when I failed you. But here is my life. Take me, Lord. Make my life who you want me to be. In your name I pray, amen. Now here's the thing. It's not about the words. It's about in here. Because God knows our hearts. And so if you prayed that today and you meant it, pursue him. Ask him what he wants you to do with his life. Talk to us. That's why we're here. 
We want to be a part of helping you on that journey. And we want to see God do something amazing. I want to encourage you in one more thing, and then we're going to close. As you have time over the next couple of days as a family, with your friends, take a moment over these next 48 hours and think about those who've given their lives for us. Think about it. Share that with the young ones around you. Remind them that freedom is not free. And then show them by how you live that you're going to earn what others have paid for. Amen? Let's do that. Let's all stand this morning.